Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Another member of the Big Three join us this week in the ball hogs, Jermaine Taylor. Jermaine, you showed a lot of improvement last year uh, as in terms of playing in the Big Three. It looked like you were really coming into your own as the season was uh, starting to come to a close, and we appreciate you taking the time to join us today. Uh, no problem at all, man. Thanks a lot for having me. Yeah, I appreciate it. Um, let's start. Let's go back to your college days a little bit because, you know, your alma mater is UCF. Obviously, they've done really well in athletics and football. They had the great run this year in the NCAA tournament. Uh, heartbreaking loss to Duke, but nonetheless, a great year. What, as a as a as an alum, how, what does it mean to you to see so much success uh, in your alma mater's athletic program? Uh, it means a lot, um, especially since I know I was a part of building that. And you know, uh, even my school was at UCF is different because when I first got there, you know. The arena wasn't there. The football stadium wasn't there. But by the time I left, we had a new stadium. We had a new football arena, just, you know, new dorms. So I was really able to see the progression of uh, UCF and to see us playing, you know, against Duke on that uh, stage. And it was, you know, it was, it was real exciting. And I, you know, I love seeing it. Yeah, I mean, that's got to be a, a cool to look back on that, knowing that, you know, you're kind of the foundation or you were part of that foundation to see, UCF grow so much, not only in basketball, but in football as well. Uh, you know, someone who really put UCF on the map or someone who made them notice, besides that foundation, was Taco Fall, obviously a super big dude, maybe one of the biggest dudes I've ever seen in my life. And I could probably say that um, the same goes for a lot of other people. Uh, you know, he recently just participated in the NBA Combine. He's the first UCF player to do that since you. Um What's your relationship like with Taco Fall? Do you even do you have a relationship with him? And how do you think he'll do in the NBA? Uh, this you know going into the draft in a couple of weeks. Yeah, it's funny about that because he also when he came over from his uh his home, he was staying in my hometown before he went to college. Uh, oh wow! To Mary's Florida. Yeah, his high school was literally two minutes from where I grew up at, and he was also like at the playgrounds where I. Uh, where I grew up playing. Man, no way. Been up there a few times. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, um, I mean, it's definitely, you know, exciting. And, you know, I've talked to him a, a couple times. Um, coming from UCF, you know, it's hard because, you know, it's a, it's a small school. You know I mean? We're really not known too much for basketball. Well, when I was there, and you know, it's starting to get better now. But, you know, the NBA is the business. So, you know, uh, Hopefully he gets some support, and you know we'll go from there. Yeah, absolutely. And he he kind of has you know that that old school game. Obviously, we've seen some guys that are his length, his size. Uh, you know, with Bull Bull coming into the league this year, and then his father obviously are probably the ones that relate in terms of size the most. I mean, but he, unlike those two guys, who are kind of outside shooters a little bit, can put the ball on the floor a little bit more. I mean, I feel like Taco is kind of a old school game a little bit. Uh, you could, some you could even say like the big three is, could be suited for him really well, but 
how do you think that's going to translate, you know, just com- with the evolution of the NBA now? Um, to be honest, I really don't know. I'm excited, you know, to, to see, you know, I really believe, I think he'll get in because he's a good, he's, I mean, you can't teach height and he's a, he's a good player. And I've went to a few of their games, uh, you know, last year, it's like all you have to do is throw it down there into him because he's so tall and he's got to know everyone. So I'm I'm excited to see, you know, I've never seen, besides Yao Ming, like I've never seen anyone, you know, that big. So I just, I'm, I'm excited to see what he does. Yeah, Yao is probably yeah, a better comparison there. He's a big dude like that, back to the basket. Uh, a little bit of a jump shot mid-range game there too. So yeah, I'm excited to see as well. Uh, speaking on, in terms of a, uh, you know, people making transitions. We saw one of your colleagues in the Big Three's uh, son, Kenny Martin Jr., he announced today that he's going to forego his scholarship to Vanderbilt and pursue a professional career. We saw maybe a couple weeks ago, R.J. Hampton was a big story, the, the five-star coming out of high school, going to Australia. What, what do you kind of make of it, you know, just as a guy who's been in the NBA and, you know, went through the college route? What do you kind of make of it, and are you a fan of it? Um or are you just, you know, kind of viewing it from your perspective? What do you think? Um, it really just depends. Um, because I, I personally, I would not take back my four years of college. The things I've learned, not only as a basketball player, but just as a person, you know, developing, you know, some of those experiences. You, I mean, you can't, you can't get anywhere else. You know, so I would definitely recommend college. But then at the same time, you know, you never know what anyone's going through, you know, with their family and things like that. So, I mean, if this a money issues, of course, you know, take that. But at the same time, those experiences, you can't get anywhere else. And my four years of college at UCF were some of the best years of my life. So I think that kids, when they skip over, you know, that part of the game and go straight to, you know, the NBA, where it's now it's business, you know, it's, it's, it's not the same. Yeah, and I think for some guys it'll be a rude awakening. No, I, I agree. I mean, I, I, you know, it is kind of crazy to think, you know, coming from I couldn't imagine myself, you know, just someone else who went to college for four years, coming out of high school, going straight to the adult world where I am now, and being able to yeah. grasp it right off the bat like that. You know, I mean, it. Yeah. There's there like you said, there's a lot to learn in college. There's a lot of experiences that really mold you into the man or the woman that you're be- going to become. So. Yep. You know, like you said, situation thing. They'll obviously learn some of those things, but uh, yeah, I agree. It could be a rude awakening. Um, I don't think I really have a preference either on it. It's just kind of a situational thing. Um, yeah, and some of those guys, if, if they're going straight from high school and they don't have the right people around them, you know, that can really be bad for them. You know what I mean? Getting yeah. them those bad life decisions or the wrong decisions, and, you know, we could easily go left instead of right. So. Right, and and you know, like a lot of those guys, they don't have that that they might not have that experience traveling to another country, living in a different environment. You know, that, yep. I mean, that's a big thing. You know, I mean, to be able to do that is amazing, and everybody should do that, especially at an age, you know, before you're an adult. But you know, guys going from high school who have never traveled overseas and never experienced another type of culture to jump into someone else's culture. I mean. Australia maybe might be a little bit of an easier setting. I've never been there, but you know, going overseas maybe to like a Europe or a China. I mean, I just oh yeah, I think it'd be tough, especially like a China or one of the, uh, an Asian culture like that. Yeah, if you go 
if you go straight out of high school into something like that, I mean, that could, like, mess up your career, you know. It could set the tone for how you feel about going overseas, you know, because uh, some, some teams overseas are not the same as others. So if you get, you know, to one of those organizations that, you know, isn't a good organization and that's your first time overseas experiencing that, it might change your whole outlook on, you know, how you feel about going overseas because I know players who, you know, who's had that happen to them. Yeah. Well, this kind of, you know, we'll jump into my next segment, my next question here. I mean, so you were a guy who, you know, you played in the NBA, obviously, for a little bit of time. I feel, I feel like when you made the jump overseas, uh, just based on what I, what I know from the outside perspective, it seemed like when you were in Sacramento, you were really stepping up your game. You were getting familiar with the NBA. And then you decided to make that jump, and you played in a couple of different countries there. I mean, what, what was it about the overseas that, that you enjoyed or – you know, like, why didn't you try to make the jump back into the NBA? Or, you know, what, what's kind of your perspective there? Well, I look at things for really what they are. You know, I love playing basketball. But, you know, the NBA, I mean, I don't know how much you know about it. It's not fair. It wasn't fair to me. Right. So, going overseas, you know, that was something that I really, you know, when I look back in my career, something that really helped me, not only, you know, in the basketball world, but just some of my experiences that I picked up, playing for different coaches, and I really have a, a, a different, you know, I really appreciate guys who, you know, spend their whole careers overseas, because it's a grind, you know, I mean, there's so many different things that you have to deal with that a lot of people don't know, Yeah, like, I remember being in the hospital for two days in Dominican Republic. You know, they, like, left me there. You know what I mean? These are things that, you know, players have to deal with that no one knows about. Yeah. You because know, people over here, like, they don't really know the struggle and the grind of playing overseas. Like, I have friends overseas right now who, you know, for nine months, they're kind of miserable. You know, they're away from their family. They're away from, you know, everything that they're used to, everything familiar with, you know, just still chasing that dream. So, you know, that was something, you know, coming from the NBA, then straight to overseas and seeing how, you know, it is, how different it is. It really made me appreciate guys who do that night in and night out for their family. You know what I mean? Every year they're going over there for their family, you know, so. Yeah. Definitely appreciate it a lot more. Yeah, and I, I think that's what I'm trying to grasp a little bit here because, yeah, like you said, I have no idea. Obviously, I'm not an NBA player. I've been overseas, but I've never been on the grind of chasing a dream overseas, you know, so uh, it's. You know, I mean, I guess from my perspective or the public perception is always like, oh, it's about opportunity or like they couldn't make it. But, but I mean, but I mean, you say more of it's like it's not fair. I mean, there's a lot of guys obviously trying to make it in the NBA. You just feel like overseas is not only molds you into a, a different type of person or like gives you that a different type of mindset, but it's also just more opportunity as well. And to like really enjoy what you what you wanted to do your whole life. Yeah, exactly. Because, I mean, once it gets to this level, like, I, I know guys personally who they lost the feeling, they lost love for the game because of, you know, not playing, but just like, you know, the other thing that you have to deal with because there's so, there's so many things. Like, I've been playing in the D League for the last six years. I would give a team 30, and the next day, their player would get called up, and he didn't do anything. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's like, not only that, I've played. This is my 10th year as a pro. I was just in the D-League last year, and I was coming off the bench behind new guys, not because they're better, but because 
you know, they're younger. And, right. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, they, they might have a name. They, you know, they might have 100,000 followers. And if I have 3,000 followers, you know what I mean? They, they bring more money to the program. So, for those reasons, they have to play. Like, it's it's, it's politics, you know what I mean? And yeah. That's, that's the part of the game that I don't think that they teach us enough. You know what I mean? Like, people coming into the league and not know how, you know, because when I was coming up, I heard a lot, you know, it's a business, it's a business, but no one really broke that down to me. No one really explained it to me. And it was too late. Yeah, and that, I mean, uh, that kind of goes back to what we were talking about, these high school kids going over and playing overseas. I mean, I mean, that's a reality that, like you said, a lot of people don't know about. So I just can't imagine those guys, regardless of how good they are as high school prospects, because it's a whole other game when, even when you get to college, let alone going and playing oh, yeah. in another professional league. I mean, your time overseas, I mean, compa- compared to the competition, I know obviously like overseas, it might not be as strong as the NBA, but compare it to like maybe a high school setting because that, it's got to be like a huge jump, obviously. Oh yeah, it definitely is. Um, depending on the leagues, and you know, depending on where you are, you know, some are better than others. You know, but nothing, nothing compares to the NBA. The NBA is, you know, speaking for myself, it's more like a fit for my game. That's why, like, over here, the D League. That's why it was, it was, you know, better for me to be in the D League because I'm not. I don't do this for money. Like, I've played. I've been playing basketball since I was in fourth grade. I love the game. So it's not about the money for me. That, and people used to, why don't you just go overseas? Why don't you just go overseas? Like, I mean, because I don't do it for the money. You know what I mean? Uh, money yeah. is, is good, but I want to play against the best players every night. Yeah, I want you know, to be the next Michael Jordan. You know what I mean? Like, for me, you know, not speaking on anybody else, but for me, to go overseas or anything else, it feels like kind of like a fall off. You know what I mean? Because yeah. that wasn't my dream growing up. I mean, I mean, that's how it should be, right? I mean, that, the whole part of you know playing basketball and growing up and wanting to play with the best and play against the best, it, it's about the competitive nature. Yep. It should ne- it's never about the money. It shouldn't be about the money. And so, I, I mean, exactly. I, pre- I I appreciate like people like you who say that and like are playing for the love of the game, not chasing contracts, rather just you know chasing oh, yeah. the, the dream of playing in the NBA. That that kind of yep. the leads me into my next point about playing the big three. First, since since we're on the overseas topic. The big three made a huge announcement yesterday, or they made a huge announcement in China about playing some exhibition games uh, in big three China in November. What's what's your feeling on that? Is that something you already knew about as you were drafted? Did you know about it before you were drafted because you were in the league last year? I mean, mean, how do you feel about that, just being a guy who's played overseas too? Yeah, it was some things that um, I heard being talked about, but I didn't know how you know, close there were to making it happen. But I'm definitely excited about it. You know, um, one of the best parts to me about being overseas was experiencing other people's cultures, you know, just seeing how they do things elsewhere. And to be able to do that same thing and then also play basketball and do that in another country, you know, is definitely a blessing. And that's what I look at. You know, that's why I'm still playing. I'm still playing because I'm looking at, you know, like even in the D League, like a lot of people would think that I was mad to be there. No, like I enjoy being in the D League because I'm still traveling, I'm still playing the game that I love, and then I'm still, you know, 
getting paid to play. You know, I mean, even if it wasn't a lot, I mean, you know, I would rather be doing that than being, you know, a construction worker. Or, you know, some people, that's what they do every day. They wake up and they go to a job that they hate. I'm fortunate enough to get up and go do something that I love. You know what I mean? So that's that's just how I look at it. No, no, I, I completely understand it. I mean, you're preaching to the choir here. I'm, I'm someone who, you know, this is, this podcast I do is a side hustle. It's so I can try to do what you're doing, something you love, because I am that person yep. that sees both sides of things. I'm, I, this is something I love to do, yep. but then on the flip side of thing, I'm not getting paid to do this. So I have to go to a job that I don't enjoy very much. And so, I mean, at the end of the day, I would rather much be doing this and getting paid for it rather than going to a job that I hate every day and yep. getting paid more for it. You know, so I, I, uh, you know, I completely agree with what you're saying, and. But I, I think I actually think that's what makes the world go around, though. If people, when people are doing what they love to do, I believe like that's that's how you make something good. Like you love to do this, you're not doing it for the money. I believe it's going to turn into something that's going to make you a lot of money because you're not doing it for the money. You're doing it for the love, and that's what produces success to me. Yeah, I agree too. And I, you know, at the, at the end of the day, I like I think I've said this a couple times on a couple different platforms. But like, you know, if I'm if I'm 87 and this turned into nothing, or it didn't, and nothing came out of it, the 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 mindset for me and what my thought process is always going to be is I don't regret anything because at the end of the day, I get to do this. I get to talk to guys like you who used to play in the league, and I get to hear your experiences and share your stories, and. Yep. You know, I wouldn't regret anything for anything, so I completely agree. Um, yep. That, that, you can't take back either. What's up? Said no, no one can take those memories from you. No, no yeah. So. Absolutely not. Yep. Absolutely not. Um, all right, so let's talk about, so this is your second second year in the league. Uh, you were with the mm-hmm. Ballhawks last year. What was the draft process for you like this year? I mean, did you did you even attend the Combine? Uh, yeah, I did the Combine. Okay. Um, I felt like uh, I felt like people were pretty comfortable with you know familiar with my game, so I've just played like maybe two games, and then they would just network and the rest of the way. But coming yeah. in, I had already you know talked to a, a few teams. I had talked to my uh, you know my team also scouts, and you know I felt pretty pretty good about the getting picked, so I wasn't too worried. Yeah. Um. What was uh? What was I gonna say? Oh, so are you excited to be back with the Ballhogs? I mean, you're, I mean, the Ballhogs like with bringing with them bringing you back and the three captains that that they have there from last year, two of them being mm-hmm. since season one. I mean, you guys are probably one of the one of the two, one of the three teams I would say that have the most experience or the most continuity, uh, besides you know the two teams that were in the championship. So, are you happy to be back with Ballhogs? Were you expecting it? I mean, what's your what's your thought process on on that? Um, I was kind of expecting it, but I'm definitely happy to be back. And to be honest, I would be happy to play for any teams. You know, just to to be in the big three period is a blessing. You know, I really appreciate and grateful for Ice Cube for giving us something like this. Because before the big three, I was, like I said, I was playing in the D League. Mm-hmm. And not, not only was I playing in the D League, I was only averaging 20 minutes a game. But averaging 16 points a game. So for me, it was like, you know, like, what am I, what am I doing here? Like, and I left, you know what I mean? Like I left and, and I'll, I'll be honest, like I was, I was done with basketball. Like I didn't have an agent, like I didn't even really want to play anymore. I still have the love for the game, but it was just, 
like I said, all the other things. So then all of a sudden I get a call and now I'm playing in the big three. Wow. So it was, yeah, it was like right on time. And it was just like, man, like I'm, I'm so grateful for this because I didn't want to go overseas because going overseas, you know, I'm away from, like I said, and then, you know, you're away from your family for so long. Everything is new. And then now I'm, I'm you have to deal with new personalities. You have to, you know, with the coaches. Because I've dealt, I've dealt with a lot in my career. Like, there's so much more than just basketball at being a professional. Yeah, so no. To, yeah, so to not have to deal with any of that, you know, and to be playing in the big three is fun. You know, I feel like I'm, I'm being treated like a pro. I mean, it's, it's one of the best feelings ever. It's, it's a blessing to me. No complaints for me. No, let's say that back a little bit because, I mean, that's pretty incredible that that you were on the verge of almost just not playing professionally anymore. How did how did the, you know, the the invite to the big three come? Because that's, I mean, man, that's, that's like fate. I mean, you can't draw that up any better yeah. than that. Yeah, definitely. I was, uh, I had actually watched a couple games from the year before, the okay. first season, and it just looked at, like, so much fun. Like, and I know a lot of guys who were playing in it. And then uh, when that season ended, I was looking at a lot of those guys, and some of those guys were saying everything that, that you know, I wanted to hear. Like, they were like, this is the most fun that they've had in a long time. They were saying how they felt like pros, and, like, you know, everyone was just so grateful for the opportunity. I was like, man, I want to be a part of that. So I actually reached out to uh, Sean Stevenson, and I was talking to him, and then, uh, you know, he reached out to uh, some guys for me, and then, you know, they sent me the contract to sign to go to the combine went from there i went to the combine and i had a, a very good combine and you know i got picked and you know That's the rest is you know and, and to be honest this is all i do now like i don't like i still don't have age like because i have so much fun doing this and to be honest like i look at basketball as a blessing it's a gift that god gave me that i that it's done everything for me it's, i've never had a job my entire life, all I've ever done was play basketball. It gave me a free education. I'm able to take care of my family. So now it's like, I don't want to do this anymore if it's if it doesn't feel like a blessing to me. If it feels like work, I don't want to do this. Like, I still want to have fun with it. Yeah. And if I go overseas or if I'm playing in the D League, like, I have to deal with too much too much stuff that's, and that's not fun for me. I feel like I'm, I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. But in the big three, like I play the big three and I also work with EA Sports on making a video game. And these are things that I enjoy doing. These are things that I love. And I also do like some missionary work where I travel around different countries and we go to orphanages and we talk to kids. And then we also play a basketball game in, uh, you know, in front of their, you know, town because they've never seen like these, this level of players, you know what I mean? So I do things like this. And these are all things that I love doing, things that make me happy, things that bring me joy. So... If it doesn't make me feel like this, I don't want to do it anymore. Oh, you know yeah. So, yeah. So yeah. that's just where I am now with that. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's super dope. That's incredible because I mean, I mean, you you hit it right on cue with everything you were saying. I mean, you don't want to ever do something that you're not enjoying. So, that's that's incredible. And and you know, going looking back on season two, I mean, obviously three on three is a little bit different, but it's not that different at the same time, meaning like, you know, you probably play a lot of pickup games or red games with three-on-three -three style a little bit or, you know, the half-court style. Was there any type of learning curve for you coming in? Because I felt like as the season was dwindling down, like regardless of the record, not only was your team 
more competitive, but you felt more, you looked more comfortable playing. I mean, like you, I mean, there were some games you were ball, like really balling out, and I think that's why you know uh, I watched, I watched all the games obviously, but I watched more ball hogs when I started seeing you like you put up like 15 points one game. I think that was really like your one of your coming out parties. So, was there any type of learning curve, and what's your biggest takeaway from season two going into season three that? Um, you're like working on a little bit more now this off season. Uh, there was actually no learning curve at all. Like I felt right at home. Um, this is how I grew up playing. You know, it's like park basketball is. That's why it was so fun for me. There's so much space, and I feel like I'm in my. I know I'm in my prime right now. Mm-hmm. And a lot of these guys, like they're older. You know, what I mean, and you know, maybe past their prime. So this, I look at this. You know, I look at Mac movies. Fifty, fifty-one. I'm 32. I feel like I can do this for the next 20 years, as long as the big three teams. I'm gonna keep calling. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be doing it. So there was, like I said, but there, there was no really learning curve. Only thing that I had to do was, I'm used to. I don't want to step on anybody's toes. You right. know what I mean? Like I don't have a name. No one really knows me. Then you're dealing with a lot of guys who NBA champs. You know what I mean? Some all stars, guys like this. So my thing was, I just. I didn't want to step on anybody's toes. I wanted to learn the game. Like I didn't even play the first game, and I played the least amount of minutes on my team, but I was the leading scorer. Yeah, I remember. So, uh, yeah, like I, I, like I'm a, like I don't, I've never cared about anybody's name. Like I don't, I want to rub anybody the wrong way. But I'm from a small town. I went to a small school, so I've always heard this person is this, this person is that, this person is that. But it's all hype. You know what I mean? Like I'm not for the hype. Like show me. Yeah, you're about action. Yeah. I'm about action, you know what I mean? So, like, I know where I stand in this league, but it's just tough because it's like, I don't have a name. Like, even with, you know, I'm not complaining, I'm just, you know, saying facts. Like, even with the big three, like, they post guys who who haven't even played yet. Like, they haven't played a game yet, but they have a a big name. Like, we don't know what they're going to do, but they have a name. Right. I'm proven. Like, we already know what I'll do. But I don't like I don't get any love, you know. Which I mean, that's that's the politics game, though. That's how it mm-hmm. works. Yeah. Well, I would say I would say most who are have really been following the big three, like they really do know your name, and I think I think this year is going to be you're going to see a bigger jump in that. Um, you know, if you continue to play the way you do last year, I mean, like, I, and I truly feel this. I mean, I'm not just saying this, but I feel like you're one of the, you know, because it's. It's important to be a good isolation player in this league, obviously. It's a lot of space. It's three on three. I do feel like you're one of the better isolation players in this league. And I was actually before, you know, before I, I do a lot of these interviews, I want to watch some of your game and some of your highlights just to kind of uh, reminisce on it a little bit, remember, and bring it up in conversation. But, yeah, I mean, there were, I mean, there was, you know, you just have a variety of ways to attack people, whether, you know, penetrating into the lane, step backs, uh, and it's just, I think that's part of, like, what makes your game so exciting. So I, I truly feel like, you know, if you just continue to do you, continue to show up to work every day. I mean, I've seen your Instagram posts and your Twitter posts about you constantly working. I think a lot of that will change. And I think, you know, the hype train will be behind you at some point this season. And and maybe even Ball Hawks, too. I know, I know like, Ball Hawks has, has struggled the past couple of seasons, only winning a couple games. Uh, total in the first in the first two seasons, but what do you think about your team this year? I mean, obviously, I said you guys have some of the best continuity in terms of guys you're bringing back. 
you add Will McDonald, you add a three-on-three guy in Dusan Balut. Uh, what do you what do you make of your team? Have you trained with them this offseason yet? Uh, you know what's up? What's uh, up yeah, with the well, Ball Hogs? Yeah, you know some of the guys aren't in town. You know, but Deshaun Stevenson, Will McDonald, we're actually uh, planning on getting up in the next couple of days, uh, doing some stuff. But I definitely think we're better this year than last year uh, because we have a big now. You know, last year we didn't have anybody to give us a, a strong presence down low. Right. And this year we have that. And also, I plan on playing more this year. You know, I, yeah. I wasn't. You know, I was told that last year I was picked. You know, really to be that fifth guy on, on off the bench or that last guy off the bench. But uh, you know, that's why I didn't play the first game. But then when I played the second game, I proved myself and I never went back. So I believe this year I'll have more playing time. And if you look at my career, I'm talking about as long as I've been playing basketball, the more minutes I get, the better I do. That's how my career has always been. When the minutes go up, everything else goes up. So I'm excited. I'm 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 excited, man. No one, you have no idea. Like I haven't, I don't take breaks. Like I've dedicated my life to this. So those Instagram posts, I don't post a lot, but I actually was doing that for some uh, some of the kids in Guyana. You know, I went to Guyana this summer. Oh, that's and, awesome. You know, a lot of those, yeah, a lot of those, you know, we're, we're trying to introduce basketball to them. You know, they don't have any AAU programs or anything like that. So a friend of mine, you know, we went over there and we put on clinics. We did a few clinics and, you know, we're trying to, you know, help them get what they need to start, you know, a basketball program. But a lot of those kids started following me, and they would ask questions like, what do you do to train? Like, how do you get better? How do I do this? How do I get an NBA? So I was like, you know, just look at my Instagram for, like, you know, this day I'll try to, like, you know, make myself, force myself. I mean, I, I, I didn't even put everything on there. Like, some of my workouts I didn't put on there because I just forgot, you know, like, because yeah. you know, I'm not the type of person that's going to grab my phone and go through this. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I do a lot of things, you know, just to show them, you know what I mean? Like, it's... It's more than just being on the on you know on the court. Like I also do things where I get massages, cryotherapy. Like those things are more important to me. You know, especially my you know once you get further along in your career, those things are more important to me than anything because you can't play if your body's not taken care of. Right. So that that's kind of like what I wanted to show them a little bit. Like not only hard work, but it's other things too. Eating healthy, eating right. You know, putting the right things in your body. You know, taking care of your body. Yeah, so is that is that somewhere you're planning on returning to, uh, and just seeing those guys maybe like a yearly thing or? Yep, that's what we're trying to do. Make it like a uh, uh, every year we go there, and you know they look forward to having us come in. I'm actually gonna gonna do some things to try to get the big three involved because I know they do some things with the youth, and that's what this is all about. Like we actually uh, pick the uh, Guyana on sixteen, no seventeen and under uh, national team. Last time I was there. So that was a lot of fun, you know, seeing those guys compete, you know, getting, and getting them ready. And then we also, uh, I think we might be going back in August, you know, just to, to, I mean, really just to see them again, you know, talk to them because we build relationships out there. Like those kids, like they, they're good kids. They just don't have what they need to make it to where they're trying to be. Right. No, that's, that's, that's incredible, man. I, I can't, I uh, can't wait to see how that turns out. And, um, Couple, couple more questions. You mentioned you were making a a video game, or you're in the process of making a video game. What what's the game, or can you drop hints about that? Is that on? Is that still on the low in the process of uh, forming? 
Oh no, not at all. When I when I say make the game, I really not really make the game, but I'm in the game. EA Sports, like I work with EA Sports, so I'm making uh, NBA Live. I've done NBA Live 2015, 16, 17, 18, and 19. I've been doing it for the last five, six years. Oh, okay, I got you. That's so, dope. What's that? What's that? Yeah, oh, what's yeah, that experience like? I mean, I mean, it oh, must man, be crazy to see yourself of- in a game and stuff like that, right? Oh, definitely. Like that's one of the craziest things is to to you know watch you know some because I don't really play video games, but to watch like my friends or like some of my family members play and they're playing, and I know that move was me. You know what I mean? Like it might be Kyrie, but I know that's me. I can tell <laughs> by the way I'm walking. I can tell by the way I did the move. Like I know it's me. So that's always a great experience. And just going up there, period. You know, it's, it's a lot of fun. Like because it's in Vancouver. You know, they they treat us real good put us up real nice so i mean it's, it's just it's just an incredible experience yeah absolutely uh final question because we are in the midst of the nba finals i gotta get your take on it we saw the raptors win last night take a 2-1 series lead uh i had craig smith of the enemies on a couple days ago and he he predicted the raptors winning yesterday so we're one one and on this show right now Game four is tomorrow night. I got to get your prediction. Um, Clay's coming back. KD's out for game four. Who you got? Mm-hmm. Who you got going into game four? I mean, you know, Cousins is a is a friend of mine, but I have to go <laughs> with the with the Raptors. And I'm not. I don't. I'm not going with the Raptors so much because I think they're the better team. I think it's just Kawhi's destiny. You know, like I think it's just, <laughs> it's just meant for him, man. Like you. That legendary shot that he made, then, you know, along with, you know, a couple of years ago when he got hurt against Golden State, you know, and, and San Antonio, I believe all that plays in, you know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm a deep person, so I'm looking at other things. Now, I, I just believe this is destiny, man. Like, I, I think that this is this is it for him, you know what I mean? Like, this is the Kawhi Leonard has arrived. You know, he's been here, but he's arrived. Now he's on a whole other level. Yeah, no, I, I could definitely see that. I'm sure he's not going to like that too much in terms of uh, privacy and people noticing him a little bit more, more questions being asked. But I guess that's just part of what comes with being in the NBA and making big shots like that and then ultimately being the star of a championship-winning team. But all right, Raptors, 3-1 going up against the uh, the Golden State Warriors. Uh, that that should be interesting. I'm, no, 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 that should be interesting, I'm sure the rest of the basketball community would be on your side and saying that they're ready to see this, this run end a little bit or slow down at least. So I appreciate, anyways, I appreciate you coming on today. It's been a super fun conversation and best of luck to you and the ball hogs this year. Uh, I'm sure the big three community and I are all behind us when, when we say that, you know, we're hoping for a better, a better turnout this year, a better record for you guys this year, because you guys certainly have, the players and the skill set to do it. So best of luck to you guys this year. Thanks a lot, man. I really appreciate you having me on. Yeah, absolutely. Anytime. That'll conclude today's episode of the Fourth Man Podcast. Please go and follow us on Twitter at Fourth Man Pod. That's for the number four TH Man Pod. Also on Instagram with the same handle. Appreciate Jermaine coming on today, and we will see you guys next time.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.